Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, September 21, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Right out of the chute, let's state the obvious. Hey, you doing? We've been discussing this zone 326.52 to 323.41 from a daily chart perspective. They went down there. They spiked it, they reversed, they finished on the highs. That's pretty interesting stuff, wouldn't you say? Let me ask this question. Is anybody completely surprised they reversed from in that zone? Didn't have to happen all in one day. However, they did it, so the question remains, is anybody really surprised? What really was in that zone? Just to reiterate one more time, and we discussed it a number of times. We had a gap, that was at 326.52. It also represented the top end of this particular breakout zone or breakout area. The 323.41 was an important spot. Here's exactly what it is. You had the market run up into this area over here, 323.41. That area is really determined or supported by the fact that the market went up to this area and pulled back. So it's not me or somebody else saying this area is important. The market told us that that area was important. So therefore, we're going to use that high later on. And of course, it was used somewhere in the neighborhood of, let's say it was the middle of July. It was also where the market busted through. And guess what? Now they've come back to do what? You got it. Test a former breakout or former breakdown area. In this case, it was a breakout area. Guess what? Once again, and we see this all the time on a variety of different charts, a variety of different markets, once again, it worked. Even if it was just for one day, it worked. Why is that? Because it works more often than it doesn't. You'll also see from an intraday perspective when we get over to inside the numbers, there was a particular intraday pivot it was right around that 323.41, slightly higher. Once the market developed the, call it, intraday pivot, and it was, in fact, 324, and you'll see that when we get to inside the numbers. Once it got above that number toward the end of the day, what we said was, and again, you'll see this, that the market could run to where? The breakdown candle high. Now, the high today, and you'll again see this in a little while, we're going to get into more detail. You'll notice that the high today was 326.50 in the morning session. This is where the market opened the day. 326.50, right underneath 326.52. Pretty slick stuff. What did that represent again? It represented a gap. Have we seen this before? You bet we have. It opened below the gap. They tried to run back above the gap and failed real quick. And then by the end of the day, what did they do? They recaptured the gap. Remember from the daily chart, the gap was at 326.52. They recaptured it by the end of the day. That's at least on its face, bullish behavior. We've seen this before. We've discussed this before. That's why we always go over the same thing. That the same stuff happens over and over and over again. Our job is to identify that same stuff and watch out for it. And then we essentially use the 80-20 rule saying that the majority of the time, this happens. Okay, so we got all that stuff out of the way. Now what happens going forward? Well, first, let's start with 
the possible two schematics that we had. So schematic number one is the market runs up, which it already did. That was the high over here. It pulls back to some place, right? Doesn't matter where. This is the place, that's fine. If the place is something else a few days from now lower, that's fine too. We'll get to that in a few minutes. And then we're either going to rally and make a new high, a truncated lower high. Either way, whether it's a new high or a lower high, the same result will happen. The market will go down after that. Whether it starts going down next year or it starts going down by the end of this year remains a mystery. We don't need to know that now. All we really need to know right now is which schematic is taking place. By the way, minor correction. That was really one schematic split into two scenarios. The other schematic is the market runs up to the September top and then really just collapses back down. And we don't know whether that is or is not the case just yet. One day doesn't make a turn. The market can turn back down tomorrow. We all know that. Which leads me to the next thing. Is the market out of the woods? And the answer is no, it's not. We have an election cycle. We have a one-day wonder where the market did make a low. But we also have Trick and Company, also known as the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can certainly reverse the market back down tomorrow, make lower lows, go into the 100-period moving average. They can do all that stuff. What about the flip side? What does get them out of the woods, at least temporarily? Well, the first thing would be to fill the gap left open from last week's close. So here you go. The closing price was 330.65. If they can get up to 330.65 and begin closing hourly and then even daily above that number, then they're going to want to get back into what? The most recent breakdown area. What represents the most recent breakdown area? This spot right up here, we're not going to pinpoint a number. We're going to say somewhere in this zone is where the market just broke down from. So guess what? Not out of the realm of possibility if they can catch a rally to rally back up to do what? Run a test of the most former or most recent breakdown area. Why does that sound familiar? Because that's just what the market did on the way down. Do I sound like a broken record? Well, yeah, because that's the only way that we can drill it into our heads. You know, mine is a dangerous place to be. What about yours? We all have a little bit of jambalaya up there, don't we? What about inside the numbers? Let's take a look. I think there's some important stuff in here today. In fact, I don't think. I know there's important stuff in here today. If you're at all, at all, trading in the market actively during the day, and you're not paying attention to what was put out here and then based on what happened after the fact. And I urge you to check it out for yourself. As I go through the notes, pause the thing. Pause the video. Go back to the charts. See what happened. See what was discussed. See what happened. And then ask yourself a simple question. Can I use this information to make money? Yes or no? If the answer is no, it's not for you. If the answer is yes, then you need to look further. You need to be inside the numbers. Because this afternoon, and you'll see this later, was what we call a Lollapalooza. Happy Monday. Not only do we wake up red, but we wake up in the zone we've been discussing for several days. Right out of the chute, here we are. 326.52 to 323.41. They're home. Moving right along. So I'm going to scroll up a little bit here because there's a lot of early thoughts going on. Wide swings in both directions. 
That's the obvious. For Stocks on the Move participants, the numbers are the numbers, but during an expansion of volatility when the market has big swings in both directions, the numbers get spiked, they can get spiked. We know that that's the norm. It's an awareness. So we have a couple of tidbits for those participating. If you're queasy, it's a spectator sport. And as for the SPY or the S&P 500, they'll whip around. There will be a series of fakeouts in both directions, yada, yada, yada. We know the routine. Moving along, the bottom line is this. They're in the zone, and they can be there for a while. They can spike the zone, or they can shoot right out of the zone, and playing Monday morning quarterback, they can do both. All right, let's move along a little bit and scroll up again. Now, here we've got Murphy's Law. I had a little break in the action. I had to be out for a while, so that gets notified to Inside the Numbers members out of a courtesy, moving right along. Now we've got more pre-market, food-for-thought information. It's riddled with numbers. The overnight low, which turned out to be support early on, even before the opening bell. Then we've got some numbers on the downside to watch out for. They never got to some of the lower ones, but we need to be prepared. Now also, take note of this. We're already talking, and this is before the opening bell, 324 to 322. You already see where this is going. Right of the vertical is today's activity five-minute SPY chart. The blue lines represent 324 and 322. So 322 minus a few pennies was the bottom, and 324, as mentioned before, was the pivot. Maybe it was slightly higher, but you can see what happened. They go up to 324, they can't get through. Try it again, can't get through. The third time, they do get through and have an end-of-the-day jam session. Third time's the charm. Keep in mind, we're still talking about pre-market numbers. Let's move along. You can read on your own as much or as little as you like. 935, shake it underway, let them go for a while. Then I had the interruption in service, so we'll pick it back up at about 1030. At the time they were falling, we're focused on 321. If they got below that 322, if reached, buyers should be waiting with open arms. They were waiting before 321, moving right along. We're familiar with the late to mid-morning low scenario. Talk about it all the time. The perfect spot would have been at 321, but at the time, maybe starting already, don't chase the market, they'll be back. So let's check that out. That was at 1043, that post. So here's a candle ending 1045. They make the bottom and they start to rally away. Don't chase the market. They'll be back. They came back once. They came back a second time halfway home. And they came back a third time almost all the way home. Like I said, they'll be back. Then we get into the 324. We'll be resistance. We're moving along. And you'll see a theme. Above 324, the market's okay. Below 324, and they continue to fall away. You'll see that over and over and over again. Light volume, we know the path of least resistance is sideways to higher. We discuss that all the time, moving along. We have to have the big fat round number of 3,200 as an awareness on the table. They could have easily went through the lows on the downside. They didn't, but they could have easily done that and gone to pay a visit and run a test of the big fat round number, maybe slightly above it, maybe slightly below it, but we see it all the time, so it has to be on the table. 324 on the north side keeps the bears at bay. Back after lunchtime, I don't know how it got so small. Nevertheless, moving along. So we have a chart. And the reason I put up the chart is because we want to identify the big bad breakdown candle. They're always important, so we like to be in tune with the breakdown candles. We already talked about it. 
But here, again, we're reiterating that if they want to climb up the big breakdown candle, they're going to do so. Normally, they'll want to climb. That's at uh, 148. That was probably a misprint. It was more likely 1248. There you go. 1201. It's probably 1148. I think my numbers were out of whack today. Not the market numbers, but the time numbers. Here we're talking about the top, 326.50, 326.52. We already went over that, moving along. 324, if they eat time off the clock and get through 324, they have a chance later today. Guess what? They had a chance, they took the chance, and they did the deal. Here we have another hourly close line in the sand, 322.50. Below that, the door is again open for 320. However, they did not do that. So what are we doing? We're moving along. As long as 322.50 holds, guess what? 325.75 to 326.50 is the zone that would become a target if they can get through and close hourly above 324. Moving along. And then you can read the rest on your own. You get the point. They did the deal. So therefore, if you're active trading in the market during the day, this can be, and I'm sure of this, beneficial to you. 324 is the pivot above. The bulls can try and climb. And there you have it. 324, they started to run. They kept going right into the closing bell. That's known as an end of the day jam session. Stocks on the move today. We had four hit their price objectives. We'll take a look at the charts. Royal Caribbean, they came into the number 6103 was the first number on the board. They never got to the second one. They gave a little bit of a trade. They went below. They came back to the number. You can see the importance of the number. We see this all the time. So what did they actually do? Even though they gave a little bit of a trade when they first got to the number, what was the high over here? The high was 61.68. So they did the deal. But then they basically ate time off the clock or hung out for a cup of coffee all day down around that number. Wynn Resorts, they gave two deals at two different numbers, 71.55. Look at this bounce over here, making a high of 72.55. Not bad on a day when everything's getting smoked. Then you can see what happened from the 71.04 number. They did another deal, making a high of 72.40. I would say that's good for a couple of base hits in the book. How about Melco? Same type of deal. They hung out for a cup of coffee all day below the number, but they gave a quick deal here. 1676 to 1677. I know it doesn't seem like much, but a $16.5 stock, that is doing the minimum required deal, painting by the numbers. A little bit more than the minimum. Not saying it's a whopper trade. We're just saying the numbers still work any way you slice it or dice it. And on a day like today, when everything's getting taken out behind the woodshed, you know that the risk is increased. Hence, if you're queasy, it's a spectator sport. Delta Airlines, we'd have to classify this as at least at a minimum of shipburger status. Had a different number in mind, wasn't my number today, this one was just flat wrong. What about Camp IWM? Couple of things of note. Down considerably more on percentage terms than the S&P 500. It is my favorite market leading indicator. This is a puzzle piece and it's on the table. It did have a rally back today, but nowhere near the same finishing touch that the S&P 500 had. By the way, pretty good bang-bang volume the last two days. Now, Friday we had quadruple witching options expiration, so that explains the volume there. Today, we had pretty good volume equal to Friday on the downside. Puzzle piece on the table. The IWM and the S&P 500 are not going to go in two separate directions. 
When we call it a favorite market leading indicator, we take our cues. They don't necessarily happen in tandem. They don't necessarily trade together every day, all day. But we take our cues, for example, on a day like today, when the IWM's down 3%. And even though the S&P 500 bounced up to finish at the highs of the day, we're still of the awareness that we're not out of the woods. The S&P's not out of the woods yet. And the IWM had a really, really bad day. And that may be a sign of more to come. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We take in all this information. We mesh it together. And we come out the other side with a picture of what the next likely scenario is going to be. We're going to jump around a little bit tonight. And we're definitely going to look at the RSP. This is the equal weight S&P index. Now, it looks very similar to the IWM. And by the way, it looks very similar to the IWM, period, end of story. I think that's interesting behavior. It speaks to the breadth of what's in the S&P 500 and how the total of all the stocks in the index is trading, not just the select, let's say, 5 or 10 or even 20 big ones. This is way more representative of the actual market. Puzzle piece on the table. By the way, just using this chart, and a lot of them look like this, we can use this and say, traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will notice something from a time is more important than price perspective once again. I'll leave it at that, and if you don't know what I'm talking about and you've taken the course, go ahead and email me and I'll enlighten you. How quickly things change. The transports, the folks down at the transportation department, they were above all the moving averages, they were climbing, they were making new highs, and all of a sudden, here they are below the 20. Is that a really bad situation, or can we look at it in another way and say, what did they do? And we talked about this ahead of time. They didn't quite get all the way here, but did they fill the gap? Let's find out. I think you'll find this one rather interesting. So here's the gap I'm talking about. And the closing price on this candle happens to be 10,940.68. What's the low of today? Low of today is 10,941.08. Any accidents or coincidences? I think not. What happens when they miss a gap and they start trading away? Well, it's one of two things and we don't know right away, but we find out later. Either it's wildly bullish and if we see follow through and they get above the 20 period moving average, we'll have our answer. Or they're going to come back and get it later. And that would be in the Ropadope camp. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Now check this one out. This looks very similar to the S&P 500. So we have other markets we look at. Favorite leading indicators, a broader market than the S&P in the RSP. So we look around the horn and we see other things where the charts look different. And then the Qs and the ES. SPY, S&P Cash Index, all finish on the highs of the day. So it's good for today, but there's still work to be done if we're going to have the repair job underway. Bare minimum here, they have to recapture the 50-day moving average. Until unless they do, they can run up, have a retest, but until they recapture it on a daily chart closing basis, no dice. One more thing in the queues. Now, I could have been wrong, but I really thought the queues would get down to about that 255 area. They didn't get there, but the S&P got to its area. So that's interesting. That's some relative strength from at least where I sit in the queues. The financials, they were getting smoked today. They didn't get down to my preferred $23. They came close. 
It got to 23.56 and then reversed to close back above its 100-day moving average. I think that's an important development to note. It's not conclusive either way, but it did put in one of those pseudo-doji candles along with somewhat of a tail low. Where do you find more about that information? More about that kind of stuff? In the course, you knew this was coming. Lazy E-mini trader. About Smash Mouth today, do we see any revelations? It looks very similar to the Qs, kind of as expected. So they didn't make a new low. That's also interesting. Relative strength, they're under the 50-day moving average. If they recapture it, that's positive. That should be positive across the tech space. If they can't, this is a fake out, just running a test. Well, that's another scenario, and there's unlikely another leg lower. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? And by the way, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.